Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hey, close, close your eyes, Francis. Close your eyes, close your eyes. I've been riding shotgun underneath the hot sun. Hey, it's George on there. No, no, it Is was just on? me. Oh, it was, that was just you. me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, maybe I'm going to rec- play one of my songs at the end of this. No podcast. way! Are you actually going to do that? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Wait, wait, wait maybe. the end of part one. Stay tuned of, and see. End Stay of part one or part two? End of part two. End of part well, you two. should do also something the end of part one, so they listen to that as well. What are you going to do there? Uh, just provide a lot of insight into the music industry yeah, like... from my perspective. <laughs> from my perspective, <laughs> like what? What kind of stuff? From my, uh, you know, um, amateur musical perspective. <laughs> musical? <laughs> I don't know what we... This is not a great intro, is it? Oh, yes, it's a great intro. What are you talking about? You can't just say that as we're going into intro with one of our biggest guests. Ladies no, and gentlemen, just... one of our <laughs> biggest guests. You can't, just, you can't just say this isn't a great intro and then say go straight into, ladies and gentlemen, one of our biggest guests. Ladies and gentlemen, one of our <laughs> biggest guests. Of the day. <laughs> it's the only guest of the day. It's the only guest of the day. Here, here he is, the man of the hour. <laughs> Why is he the man of the hour? The man Why of the hour. <laughs> Why is he the man of the hour? The man of... Uh, yeah? The man of the minute, the man of the hour, the man of the moment. <laughs> here he is. No, he's not. George you Ezra. You can't intro with that. You can't intro with that. You have to intro with more. Ladies and gentlemen, very excited today. One of our biggest guests we've ever had on the podcast and now a friend of ours. I'm a huge fan. So is Francis. 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 Mr. George Ezra is on the podcast. George Ezra. Here he goes. <laughs> well, he's not about to perform, though. <laughs> here he goes. He's not about to perform. The moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> George Ezra. Here he is. <laughs> Stop. Try over, over to you, George Ezra. <laughs> Enjoy the podcast, everybody. George Ezra. Francis, how have you been finding it all, mate? Yeah, I mean, it's been... Uh, God, it's been long. It's been a long time. Been, but hasn't uh, it gone like that? It has. But I guess because it's the sort of monotony like yeah. of, of sort of everything sort of blurring into one, 
and, and and we're very adaptive. People of humans are very adaptive. I, I thought you I thought you were about to say I'm very attractive. That's what <laughs> I thought. <laughs> that that goes without saying, yeah. Jim. Yeah. I'm just very attractive. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> you I, were I, thinking it, obviously, and and you thought I was going to say it. You're waiting no, no. for me to say it, but then I didn't, and you so you were disappointed. No, I've worked out that being the th- one thing that I've worked out in lockdown is um is that I've become more and more unattractive as it's gone on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, join the club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. George, what about you? Have you become more attractive or less attractive? What do you think? Um, it's it, it, that's a game of two halves. So the f- I found the first half of everything. I was on top of it. I was like like. Yeah. The best I've ever looked, and now I've, it's definitely gone the other way, and I'm actually the, the other side of it now. Yeah, because just now you just go, oh, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's yeah. definitely got to that point. Oh, but what we were saying before, what are your what are your thoughts on lockdown? Do you are you okay with it? Are you relaxed? Are you into it? It has gone quick, as you said. It's it's gone like super quick. But also, if you look back, it's it's an odd time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like I go. I find that I'm. Uh, some days I'm able to kind of almost tune it out and whether or not that's the thing I should be doing, I find that I'm able to kind of live in my own bubble. And then some days that's just not possible. And then it's the, the uncertainty of everything. So obviously the uncertainty of how long does this last for the uncertainty of who has the answers, all of these things start just, I, they go. Yeah. And days like that can be just, it's overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, it's super overwhelming. I, I, I think I think you're right, and also because because it's this new virus, right? There's there are no experts on mm. it, right? So everyone has suddenly become an expert. Everyone's trying. Yeah, I was to about try, to say try, I've got a lot of mates that think they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what is it's like it's like a boxing match. You know, whenever a boxing match comes on and all of the, the lads <laughs> yeah. the lads get together, it's like. Hey, listen, he, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. probably going to knock him out yeah. in the third. But only ever in the heavyweights. <laughs> only when it's heavyweight. It's yeah. like everyone suddenly is a heavyweight champion. Yeah, and then they stand in front of the TV and they go, everyone says, oh, I should have done a right hook there. <laughs> yeah. No, fuck it. When have you had a fight? Never I'm had... so guilty of that shit. I like, like, don't watch it ever. And then it will be like a big fight. And it's suddenly I know everything. Ridiculous. Yeah. Hello everyone, welcome to Private Parts Podcast. This is where we read the most intimate and solid details of our lives in the studio. I cannot wait, Mr. George Ezra! (laughs) 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 Well, we're not in the studio, are we, Jamie? No, we're not. Sorry, I lied. Started off Over Zoom, you have to say, you have to to edit your uh, intro. Over Zoom, George Ezra! (laughs) Yeah, I never know if I'm allowed to hype myself up at that point. Like, part of me wants to jump on the chair and go... Oh uh, yeah, go wild! No, George, it's not going to happen, Francis. Mate, <laughs> it's George, a nice if, idea. <laughs> mate, if I if I woke up every day and I was George Ezra, I'd wake up and go, "I'm fucking George Ezra." <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I would say most days. I wish I had that confidence. Uh, I, I wake up every morning and go, "Ah, oh, I'm Jamie Lang," and I just, yeah. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, oh, just I need another hair transplant. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I need another one. <laughs> George, can I say before we kick things off, um, and I don't want to fangirl over you, but I'm going to. I'm a huge, huge fan of yours and have been for years now. I I, I was one of the... Because I think, uh, you know, with you have kind of a real cult following. You know, you're huge and all these things, but you have those sort of fans who, from the very beginning, listened to your music and knew who you were. Yeah. And I was one of those people. I was one who introduced your songs to everyone. Oh, mate. 
Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not even. I, yeah, that. I'm not even kidding you. I'm not even kidding. You. I used to play. I used to play your songs to my buddy Ollie when I was living with him. You yeah. weren't there at that time, Francis. Are um, you trying to take credit for George's success? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where's this going? Yeah. I I made you who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're you're one of these sort of success stories that kind of. I, I suppose you, you kind of were playing loads of music, doing great songs, and then it's kind of just gradually, you weren't like an overnight star in a sense, yeah. were you? No, the, it kind of was a gradual. Kind of, it's one of you know many things that I'm so happy about and I feel fortunate for was the fact that I'm able to look back and there's kind of in six month chunks or year chunks, it's like you're doing the open mics, you're supporting people on trains, you're do, and they are. It's easy to forget that time because quite a lot happens in a short space of time. But I used to just, I essentially said to local promoters, I was in Bristol at the time, I was just like, I've got a guitar. If you need people to open shows, I'm your man. And so I'd get a call half an hour before, two days before, whatever. And there would normally be a bit of dinner served. So like you're getting fed, you get... And that's for me... Well, like a buffet, like a buffet. No, well, there's one venue I'm thinking about in particular called the Louisiana in Bristol, and it's a family run it, and it's amazing. You get there, and they put pasta on for every app playing. And for musicians, that's like, if there's food, they're going to be there. Yeah. And so, so it was just like the winning... If you got a gig at the Louisiana, it was like, oh, fuck yeah. That's brilliant. I don't need to worry about food that night. Sorry, just, I just to cut you off. I love the fact, I love the fact with, with Georgia. So if you go to like... If you went to like the Oasis, they'd be like, ah, you got all the drugs, you got yeah. all the food. <laughs> Like, yeah. You got pasta? Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I'm totally yeah. there. But I'm that'll totally... be a running theme throughout this conversation. That will happen again and again, for sure. Not just pasta, but just me being very easily pleased. Yeah, but that's a th- but that's the, the the best thing, right? I think that if you if you go into the problem is I saw an amazing speech once with um, I think it was Matt Damon and Matt Damon obviously he won an Oscar for uh, Goodwill Hunting, which he wrote with uh, Ben Affleck. And he said he is so happy that he won an Oscar so young uh, because it made him realize how sort of meaningless winning an Oscar was because you spend your entire life trying to reach that success and actually everyone's trying to go for it and they suddenly get the Oscar and they go, well, I'm not as happy as I thought I would be. It's kind of just the same as everything else. And I think being easily pleased and actually not kind of just, and just going like, oh, you know what? I get a bit of being, pasta being there. Grateful. Being grateful. Being grateful. Being yeah. grateful. It, it is totally the best way to be because otherwise you kind of get swept up in an industry which is can be pretty toxic and like upsetting and and dismissive a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Well, and soul th- destroying, I imagine. Into, you know that touring in out in out daily like grind of of tra- traveling all around the world. I mean, obviously and there's the, it's got its perks, but it must also wear you down. Like as I we've seen some some musicians. Uh, yeah. I think that that for me, there's a few parts to that. So like the reason music always appealed to me and still does is because I don't associate any competitiveness with it. And so it was very much like as a kid, it felt very much there's no right or wrong and therefore I can't be wrong, which was kind of appealing to me. But I think the burnout that you see on tours and, and with musicians is because and this is just speaking for my own, but the feeling I feel when I'm performing, the adrenaline that I experience, it can't be reproduced. And so, the, the, but, the, but there's a there's a part of you that wants to reproduce it because you don't yeah. want it to end. 
but it, it but then that's where you burn out because yes. you're trying to re you recreate that feeling again and again and again and it's not going to happen i think that's where people start to burn out well we Maybe. kind of experienced that jamie didn't we when we did our tour right that 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were doing, when we were doing, uh, when we were doing twenty-six people in (laughs) Southport, (laughs) we were just trying. We were just spending the rest of the like month just trying to replicate that feeling. (laughs) George, we uh, yeah, we went and did this this sort of comedy tour. We went to Southport, and it was the biggest seater. It's about it's about a thousand people. I think it was more. No, it was two thousand, two thousand people, (laughs) and there were like twenty twenty-six people. There were less than twenty-six. Less than (laughs) twenty-six. And and we had to do it, and I was like, oh god, this is just. And I, and honestly, I was standing at the top, and I had to run on stage <laughs> naked as I did at the very beginning. And I thought, why the hell are we doing this? And then I ran on stage, and then there was a heckler the whole time, just heckling me from the front row. And in front of like twenty people, I had to go, "Are you all right?" Because this has <laughs> really tickled me. This is really. <laughs> but we but we kind of we kind of realised that was our real niche is uh, is playing playing <laughs> yeah. small audiences in massive venues. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah creative choice it's like we only want to but i but also what you were saying about matt damon i completely appreciate that as well because it's this a brilliant lesson to learn is that especially this time last year and, and before i was living what i imagine on paper is a really um kind of chase life it's like a it's a People would. What, what am I trying to say? It's like a um, appealing life. It's a chaste life. It's, it, I yeah. totally know what you mean by that. Yeah. But I found myself for for a load of different reasons, and and it's probably not healthy to try and put my finger on one specific reason. But I found in that period in myself, I wasn't very happy at all, and that's such an amazing lesson to learn again so early on that you go like, oh, okay, cool. This isn't where the answer lies. Like this. Although there's a lot of incredible things that came with it, it's that's not where the happiness is, which is a you know, not that I know where it is, if it exists in one place, but that was a really I feel very fortunate to have learned that for sure. That that's so good of you, man, because uh, you know, I think we I, I wanted to talk about this in the second half. Perhaps we should do it now. I want to give a big shout out to to your podcast, um, Phone a Friend, which you do with your buddy Ollie. Um, which is, you know, it, it it's a, you know, it's mental health awareness week at the moment and it's a it's a mental health podcast about you and Ollie speaking to each other and, and just basically phoning up your body buddy and asking how he, how you are type thing and you talk about loads of different things and it's amazing so anyone who wants to go and have a listen to it go and listen to honestly a great podcast but you mentioned you mentioned burnout um and uh i just want to jamie you know a thing or two about that don't you well i i I actually do you know what this is so i so basically i'll I'll give a lowdown quickly of of my sort of uh last six seven months or something like that i quit alcohol in in november um and I quit alcohol because I was feeling like a bit funky and a bit like, uh, I can only describe it as being overwhelmed slightly. Mm-hmm. And so I quit alcohol. And what happened was, is that I started to feel worse. I started to feel worse and worse and worse. And this led into all the beginning of this year. And I just wasn't feeling good, feeling anxious, feeling all these different things. And finally, what I got diagnosed with, they said, you got burnout. You've been working too hard. And it was exactly that where I had, I had sort of lived this life of uh, constant excitement constant excitement adrenaline all the time and I was trying to replicate that in everyday life so I was always looking for that next exciting but if something wasn't exciting in the day then I was like well this day isn't fun what the hell's happening do you think that made it made this lockdown more difficult for you 
Well, weirdly, actually, for me, the lockdown was a blessing because I went into lockdown feeling incredibly burnt out and I was able to rest and do nothing. But George, you, were, you mentioned it. Does that mean you've experienced burnout yourself? Yeah, and the, the, the thing that, again, resonated with me, with me that you just said is that thing of I found myself that really um, simple and actually lovely things, so say it be just sitting around and watching TV with your friends or just da 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 they're not hitting it's like your adrenaline level has been your threshold is bigger now because you've experienced these things and then day-to-day -day life just doesn't do it and then and then what you but you start to beat yourself up for that and it, so you're it's like well, why something must be wrong with me if I can't just enjoy this time with the people I love or something and I think that that's a it's a like a I guess a product of expectations of what you're expecting from yeah. from your day and your time. I, I think like, and also I guess what yeah. you're what you're kind of desensitized to. So like, yeah. if you, if you, if you become accustomed to a certain level of like reward and dopamine from your from your job, like yeah. being on stage in front of a hundred thousand people or uh, or whatever it may be, you know, like like you say, you you everything else feels like it doesn't quite, yeah. you know. It there, quite that, get there. there was a moment where I, I got off stage from a show. So I tour with my sister, which does me the world of good. And she's always come like early days. She would help, well, try and sell T-shirts. We never got rid of many, but she, she's been there since then. And um, I remember very rock off, star of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And so, like, we came off one show, one, and I came on stage. What? Where was it? I'm pretty sure it was in London. And um, I said to her, I can't, this isn't healthy. And she was like, what do you mean? And I said, well, I can't. That's just made me so happy, what I've just experienced. You know, the, like, yeah. energy in the room. But I can't rely on that to make me happy because I can't reproduce having 20,000 people in a room you know I can't be like wake up and be like oh I want to feel well, that today yeah you know? exactly I guess I guess 
if you if you completely depend on that it's like ultimately unsustainable yeah. so so you you have to find some other way of fu- fulfilling yourself but that isn't that to to sort of uh, yeah. almost complement that lifestyle but that becomes tricky then especially in your line of work george because you you are what your your job is to play in front of 20,000 people and actually i i said so, you know unless you're you know you know as you gain more success, you, you sell out bigger arenas and bigger places and more s- countries around the world. So everything just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So kind of where's the limit? So, you know, and, and this is why, unfortunately, you see a lot of these young kids and young people, especially musicians, who end up going down a not a great path is because they're trying to replicate that. Because, you know, they don't want to go and sit and watch Jeremy Kyle in their hotel yeah. room afterwards. They yeah. want to go, you know, you go, oh, I need more of this buzz. Yeah, and, you, yeah, yeah. and you keep going and that's what happens. And you, you, you go down this terrible route. So how do you stop that from happening? But I think, again, that comes down to like personal expectations. So if I look back on, you know, and I know it's a unique thing, the kind of being a performer, that this is my experience. But I look back on playing 200 capacity rooms and I used to come off stage and have loved it. But what you're saying with the growth then that 200 capacity becomes 500 then a thousand then 2000 and then that becomes the feeling you're used to whereas so i'm trying to now manage my own expectations of like well maybe you don't have to sell that many records maybe you don't have to sell that many tickets maybe like the the happiness isn't in the numbers it's in the the actual doing of the thing at whatever Mm, level yeah the process yeah and so but that i think that there's a you, maybe you sit in on one too many marketing meetings where you you, did the, you get uh, pulled away from the reality. Like the important yes. thing is the music. Yes. And then yeah. I started to associate music with the job that it was as well. And so yeah. then you can kind of quantify, well, if we perform here, so-and-so and so will happen. And it's actually reminding myself, okay, cool, that, that it doesn't have to be that way. You know? Yeah, it's mate. It's so interesting. We had we had a Vic Hope who um, is such a legend, man. She she Capital Radio and things like that. Which just left Capital Radio. She came on and she uh, she quit Capital Radio because she wanted to remember why she fell in love with the business that she was doing. And like yeah. full credit to the girl. I mean, I, I yeah. think that's amazing. And I think a lot of what happens is exactly that. Is that you know, especially for musicians, right? You mu- you go into this industry because you love playing music, you love performing, you love writing, you love creating, you love doing all these things. And actually what happens is it suddenly becomes a job mm. and it becomes your work and, and it's all about the marketing, as you said, mm. and all those different things. And suddenly you're going, hang on a second, why am I doing this? Because, yeah. uh, you know, and then also you sometimes may happen is that you then start being pushed in directions that you don't want to be in because creatively that works for the label or whatever. Yeah. And so, so I suppose for you and for, you know, because I, so, you know, so many young musicians will be listening to you right now. How do you stay true to your music, to you, what you want, to your passion, all that kind of stuff? How do you stay on the right How do track? you not sell out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that the... It's just... It, it's one of those things that it's, it's hard to put into words because it's just something you know in yourself. So, like, you... And people talk about gut feelings, but you have a feeling of, like, does this... I smile for 90% of my performances because I fucking love it. And so that to Mm. me is a sign that I'm doing what makes me happy. And you can, you know, it's why 
I get so nervous for Live Lounge, right? So Radio 1 Live Lounge. Do you? It's, yeah, yeah I hate it, man. I hate it. <laughs> Why? I got, I, because I used to, I guess... Because <laughs> you're literally like, like my, uh, my voiceover that normally plays is not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, what, you mean I can't mime? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's like, I think it's a combination. I used to get the Live Lounge CD for Christmas each year. So yeah. there's like a, like a... But it's also the... Playing somebody else's song, in my ears, it always just sounds like, why would anyone want to listen to George Ezra sing this song when they can go and listen to the song that sounds yeah. fucking brilliant? So it's like, <laughs> could, like it's just, it's not that I dislike doing it. It just makes me more nervous than anything else it, I know. Because that's I like an it. imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely. But I love it because it's so interesting to see what decisions people make, you know, in, in, in singing other people's songs, isn't it? Yeah. But I've been really fortunate in that the few times that I've done it, there's been specific criteria. So it's been like, um, it can be any previously Brit nominated song. So we did a Macy Gray song. Like we like it, it broadens yeah, yeah, it, it out great. instead of it just being, it needs to be in the charts now kind of thing. Which but, is but, been good. But you don't, you don't get, so you get nervous for that because, because you're, I, that that just that just shows actually what kind of an empathetic kind human you are because what you're <laughs> what you're kind of saying is you don't want to discredit the actual original song because yeah. it's the last thing you want to do is do but that. But it's kind of you're opening the door for like for, for bad not, for criticism yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's like well no I'm with you like I would rather listen to Macy Gray's version of this song yeah. like I, I like I don't want to do this I don't yeah um, but, have, but have you not gone into so that because uh, I would for me going out but it's probably you've done it for so long so you used to but going out in front of 20,000 people going out in front of the O2 going out doing the Brits or whatever it is and doing something like that where you have your guitar you've got the, everyone watching you that would freak the hell out of me and I don't know why that is it because it's you feel more comfortable there because you know what you're doing rather than Radio 1 Live Lounge is not as comfortable yeah, I think there's like a, I'm nervous before every performance, but it, again, it's more of a, um, it's an adrenaline thing. So it's not a fear thing. It's not like yeah. associated with fear. It's it's associated with just pure energy, but it's a, it is nerves, you know? And I guess any live performance, there's like the unknown, what, what could happen, you know, things mm. can go wrong, you know, so, so you're, you're, there's that, you're operating in that space of like, you know, anything could happen, you know, it's kind of but it's exciting. It's amazing, exactly that, it, it forces you to be where you are, because it's yeah. kind of like, and, and actually, whilst you're performing, there's not, you're almost never really enjoying the specific moment, it's kind yeah. of like the fact that the gig five songs in has gone well up to that point is more of a relief than something to celebrate. You're just thinking about the next bit, yeah. you know, but then it's when you come off stage, you're yeah. like, that was the tits or no, that didn't go so well. And you, you have to decide it there. And then it's like, okay, what, how did that sit with me? We, Francis again, talking, George, listen, we're all very similar. We, we, we play well, similar I, crowd. We play similar crowds. We just we do these well, things. I was, Francis and I came on stage once and we both looked at each other and went, you're fucking shit. <laughs> you remember that time, Francis, when you were, I went, Francis, you're too slow. And you went, Jamie, you're too fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. arguing. Oh, well, we, we came off stage. Yeah, we yeah, came yeah, off yeah. stage <laughs> at half time. <laughs> 
You're going way too fast. Because <laughs> you do. Because ha- I suppose you know. Also, you're you're you know. Even though you have your band and you have you guys, it's it's your it's kind of a one man show. It's George Ezra, right? Yeah. So you have to go on stage. You have to perform. You have to do those different things. And what people forget also is you're not a robot, right? You could be having a bad day. You could. Be I always pet. forget that. Specifically of me. Oh fuck! George Ezra's not a robot. <laughs> is he? Yeah. Yeah. but you must get those times where you know you're you're not quite on it you're not feeling yourself you're you're kind of just going god i gotta go and do this and i gotta play to twenty thousand people in louisiana or wherever it is i don't know why i picked louisiana um (laughs) i just really want to go there Um, no it's in the louisiana in the louisiana and you have to you have to bring your energy how i mean do you just do it because you switch into performing mode? Because you know, George, you're just you're sorry to keep running, but you're you're like a you're like an Ed. You know, there 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 are performers out there who kind of like you know this and that and woo and you know it's all about the movements and things like that. You're kind of authentic with your guitar. You sound that it's about the music. It's about you. It's about the kind of connecting with the crowd. So if you're not feeling it, how do you bring that kind of performer attitude? I think often uh, you can have a day full of nonsense and you can have a day uh that just takes out of you this is on tour it's like uh certainly on the first record as well it would be like you need to be up at 6 a.m for breakfast radio and then also there's going to be this radio station down the road is doing a bit where they're going to interview just before you go on stage and then just after and all of that is i know it's necessary and can be enjoyable but in the day it takes your mind out of the fact that you're performing that night and it becomes chaff it's like okay yeah but that what that means is that even if you're having a bad day the performance at the end of the day is the release for me so it's almost like the the promo and the interviews and all of that is the bit that i see as a job and then it's the performing is like a treat for me at the end of the day it's kind of like you've earned the right to do the thing you enjoy by you know spending your filling your days with the stuff that means you can do this do do you ever get when you're performing and you see so like so like comedians do when you see someone in the crowd who's not enjoying their time or, <laughs> or, or not, uh, yeah i i would do you stop and go Ever, hold on a second oh are you, <laughs> why are you no not? no what like uh, why are you not going amber and ratty yeah yeah <laughs> but like i every single show i've ever done right and i can picture like specific ones right now I'm picturing one in Ireland that we finished one festival season at this festival and it kicked off. It was like, it was just insane. But there was one dad that had so obviously been dragged along that was so (laughs) unimpressed. And instead of looking at everyone on the shoulders and the singing along and, you know, the hands in the air, I ignored all of that. And just for the whole song, I was like, I'm going to make you fucking smile. I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you at least tap your feet. So it's like, instead of being able to enjoy this beautiful thing, I'm focused on this middle-aged, you know, knobhead that doesn't want to be there. And no, do you know what? He's not a knobhead. He just didn't want to be there, you know, but, but it, and you know that happens again and again and again Every but it year. must have added like a unique kind of uh intensity to the, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. intensity yeah. to the whole performance yeah. you just you just staring <laughs> yeah but, it happens but, every time but what does that say about like exactly. your, your, like why can't you enjoy what's so evidently a good thing because of one tiny negative thing 
yeah, yeah. because because what we do wh- why do we do that as humans you know you have a, a million thoughts a second whatever it is but you pick out the one negative thought or yeah. you look into the crowd and you see how many thousand people having a, like a lovely time and you see one <laughs> middle-aged bloke yeah. having not a fun time you're like well i need to change that why is that why can't we just accept the good and and we we we, we focus on the negative for some reason why i think is it's that? it's like we all get ourselves where you you beat yourself up you know you hear about friend you were saying about how you quit drinking which is amazing and congratulations for doing I'm that s- no i'm still drinking I, I went back to drinking again okay. I, I have I, yeah 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 no but jamie i think it's still i think it's still good to do like i like to do just stints of reminding yourself that you can yes um, exactly it, yeah. but the every what i was going to say is you know you wake up with the fear right so you wake up you your, your mate will ring you and they're in a spot because they're like, you know, what, what, you know, the classic, what did I say last night? Was I an idiot? Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead of them thinking about the, I don't know, people are just wired to want to beat themselves up. It's like, yeah. I don't know why. It's like your heart. And also what me and Ollie talk on our podcast a lot about, or we find ourselves returning to, is the fact that we're so sympathetic for people around us. And someone can say something that they've done and you're like, well, don't worry. Like, we all love you. It's fine. You're you know you're a good person and then you do something similar and in your head you're the villain you're like why <laughs> you know why does anyone put up with me i'm a horrible person and we we have we set different standards for ourselves to those i don't know i don't know yeah what. i i went into the supermarket today and i went up to the the guy at the cashier and he made a joke and I try to give a joke back and it wasn't as funny and I left disappointed because I, like, I haven't, <laughs> yeah. I haven't yeah. entertained. I haven't yeah. entertained yeah. Yeah. the cashier in Sainsbury's. Whatever yeah. I... Uh, yeah. God, he's going to hate me. We, yeah. we but, go but I think we are, we are our own worst critics, right? And people, yeah. you know, you, you, you kind of have... To, I guess also if you want to... You, if, you, if you're ambitious, you want to succeed, you, you've got things you want to do, you, you are critical of yourself. You are hard on yourself to, to, in order to to raise your game so i think it's a sort of give and take thing but yeah sometimes people can be too hard on themselves yeah, i think, I think and so. too, too much of a perfectionist is to that uh, right ladies and gentlemen we got to that moment in the podcast where francis we need to have the question of the week uh all right all right here right, we wait. go. Jo- jo- <laughs> uh, jo- Ezra, where's your name? She's stuttering. Where's the name Ezra uh, uh, from? Where's the it's my middle name. Oh, so, right. So you're, so it's not your surname. Ah. No, no, no. It's my middle name. And I've got two or three great, great granddad surnames. Triple barreled. Are you English or are you Scottish? or? I'm English. English. Yeah. All right. So Jamie, you 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 consider yourself Scottish, don't you? Yeah, half Scottish. Why? What's that? Is this uh, is this the question? Uh, that no. The question is, how many words does the Scottish language have for snow? How many different words? How many different words does the Scottish language have for snow? Is that because you thought George was Scottish? Is that why? No, no. I just no. <laughs> I, I just, I just I thought I'd was? see. I thought I'd see how relevant it was to both of you. But I, I know you're, you're, you claim to be Scottish. But okay, George. As our guest, you have to guess first. Well, it's either going to be. I think it's going to be a lot. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a question. I think. I feel like it's going to be like. Uh, or none. This is weird. Yeah, yeah. Is weird. Yeah, none. Yeah, <laughs> there isn't one. I'm going to say nineteen. <clears throat> 19. <laughs> 19 words for snow. <laughs> 19. <laughs> oh, shit. I was going to go way low. Okay, Francis, I'm going to go. Uh, oh, God, there's going to be more. It's going to be way more than 19. Okay, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go 100. 
hundred. Yeah, nigga, hundred. Just gone for it. I've gone for it. All right. Okay. Well, uh, we'll find out in part two. All right, George. Listen, we've got to stop there because we're going to go into part two. Are you ready for it? Absolutely, man. Oh, mate, I'm having. I'm just having an epic time. I love this. Francis, we're sitting with George Ezra. I know. I can't believe it. Mate, what? My, my I, you know, uh, my mind is blown. Who said my mum is going to be so happy? <laughs> my yeah. mum is going to be so happy. That's normally what I get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get that all the time. So every, people come up to me and go, "My mum or my grandma <laughs> thinks you're so good looking." I'm like, <laughs> "What? I thought about you. What about me? What yeah. about me? Also, that before we go into party, that's what my girlfriend said. My girlfriend said to me the other day. I showed her a picture of this guy. And she went, I, I went, oh, he's a good looking guy. And she went, yeah, but I don't really like pretty boys. And I went, what do you mean? She went, well, I, I kind of like, you know, rugged. And I went, I'm not, I'm not even rugged. Like, well, yeah, she, yeah. Went, she went, oh, you know, you're, you're sweet. Yeah. Went, what do you mean? What do you mean? I was just like, she went, well, you know, you're not, you're not really good looking. I was yeah. like, what? Jeez, just what I want to hear. Yeah, oh. sweet. All right, everyone, we're going to see you in part two. See you in a second. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 